From Sarasota Memorial, this is HealthCast. A healthy dose of information from experts you can trust. The following episode of HealthCast was previously recorded. Sarasota Memorial Hospital's visitor policies have since eased. For the latest information, please visit smh.com slash COVID-19. Hi, everyone. Welcome to HealthCast. I'm Allison Warren. Today, we're talking about the importance of diversity, particularly in the training of new physicians. Sarasota Memorial's graduate medical education program is working hard to not only turn out good doctors, but also reduce healthcare disparities and provide quality primary care to underserved communities. Our guest today is Dr. Wilhelmina Visa-Romesh, the director of FSU Sarasota Memorial Hospital's internal medicine residency program. Dr. Visa-Romesh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Allison. It's a pleasure to be here. You were the founding director of Sarasota Memorial's first physician residency program, which just graduated its first class of residents recently. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Can you start by telling us why these graduate medical education programs are so important to communities like Sarasota? So graduate medical education is key. Um, Training residents provide a pipeline of physicians to communities. If we look at our own community, Sarasota, we have a predicted shortage of about 34% in internal medicine alone in the next five years. If you look at other disciplines of internal medicine, so internal medicine is sort of like the pipeline program, the first program, we have, for example, a 94% shortage in endocrinology, which we feel today in our community. So by training these physicians, you hope that some of them will stay in our community. And if you look at the data, about 60% of physicians will remain in the state where they complete their graduate medical education. So that's huge to have a program like that here in Sarasota. Uh, We think so. So is that what drew you here? I've always been in graduate medical education since I completed my own training in 1995, but I was a part of programs that were longstanding, had been in existence for a long time. And so what drew me to start a new program is that you can create, you you basically, it's like a blank easel and you, you start from scratch. And by doing so, we not only looked at what our experiences had been over almost 20 plus years in graduate medical education, but also what were the best existing practices across the country in trying to create a program. You can create a program that meets accreditation requirements, but we wanted to go beyond that to really create a program that added value, not just to our healthcare system, all programs add value to the healthcare system because you're training the new physicians, but that really went further to add value to our own community of Sarasota. Something I've heard about you is that from the moment you arrived, you made it very clear that diversity was important to you, especially in the first class of new residents that you recruited here. Diversity has continued to be one of the priorities and and strengths of the program, quite honestly. So what were some of the characteristics you looked for in recruiting that first class of residents? So, you know, I think it's very important to always ask the question when you're starting a program in a community and say, who are the patients that we serve? And by answering that, that that should be one of your aims that helps you decide what should this program look like. And so we are very intentional in our recruitment process. We receive over 4,000 applications for 13 positions. 
But every applicant that we decide to interview, we look at it through the lens of how will they work in our program, but how, more importantly, are they going to work in our community of Newtown? So we look at, at um, resident applicants that have excelled by either working with vulnerable populations, they've maybe volunteered um, in nursing homes or in underserved clinics. Um, we also look at individuals that have Florida ties. Not that that's a condition that is mandated, but we know that by looking at physicians with Florida ties, they're more likely to stay in our region. And so looking back at our first class of, of, that started, um, we were thrilled because we truly had gotten a very diverse group. And we continue that trend year after year. Tell us about that first match day. What oh was God. that like for you? That was just, um, it was a celebration. It was a lot of joy. Um, so you, you know, you've worked really hard to recruit um, these amazing physicians. They start in your program and that's when the real work begins, right? So we have three years from when they come to make them into excellent, comprehensive internists. And so that first class, um, again, very diverse. We had um, four Caucasians, three African-Americans, three Hispanics, two Middle Eastern. And so together, they formed our inaugural class. And we, were, we could not be happier. Now, every class of residents is special because they're a part of the program. But that first class is obviously extra special. What was it like for you to watch them develop as physicians? It was so rewarding, and it wasn't just for me. If you've talked to any of our faculty, um, any of the people that touched them, so whether it's the pharmacists that worked on rounds, they also contributed to their training, or the nurses on the floor, and it was such a, a great um, moment to share in that, um, to see how much they've grown, not only personally, but professionally. Um, it's truly indescribable. So I want to take us back. You mentioned something very briefly, but one of the important roles and responsibilities of that first class was helping to build the Newtown medical practice. So can you tell us a little bit about that clinic and the goals? Sure. So when we, um, we were very fortunate that the hospital leadership said Newtown is where we're going to have the internal medicine practice. And they shared in that vision of how do we bridge the gap in our community to truly address healthcare disparities and so forth. So our vision was that each of these residents would develop and have a panel of patients that were their own patients. And so they would see them for um, their primary care, they would manage their diabetes, their high blood pressure. Um, what we found very early on was that, that it's a population that hadn't had access to that type of healthcare for a long, long time and so our patients were really sick. And many times it wasn't just managing the diabetes, but it's managing the diabetes, the hypertension, the high blood pressure, the chronic kidney disease in one single patient. And multiple of their patients were like that. And so obviously um, they, through those three years of training, they developed beautiful relationships with their patients. Our patients are saddened that the first group of residents graduated. They're excited to meet their new physicians that actually start have just recently started. Um, but those were their doctors um, that they related to. So it, it's, it's a critical, critical piece. When we first started at Newtown, 
we only had a handful of patients. At the beginning, we, I was really worried because there were days where we would only have one or two patients um, come to see a, a given resident. So here you had a resident staying eight hours at a practice and they saw two people. Take us three years later, and now that same practice has had over 10,500 visits in the span of three years. And that's huge for that community. Absolutely. Um, I, I, it's, it's so rewarding to see how the community is so protective of their internal medicine practice at Newtown, of our residents, of the staff, of the physicians that work there. And the practice extended beyond the hospital and practice walls. And I find this very interesting. There were community partnerships and programs addressing education, hunger, health issues that stemmed from poverty and legal issues. So how did that develop and and why was that important to your mission? So I think uh, one of the critical pieces to understand is that having a clinic or a practice and having physicians is a very small piece of the problem. And so very early on, we sought out to partner with like-minded organizations. So one that among the first ones was Good Samaritan Pharmacy. We knew, sure, we can write five prescriptions. Our residents could write five prescriptions for their diabetes and their high blood pressure and every problem that they had. But if the patient has to decide are they going to eat or fill their prescription, guess what? They're going to eat. And so it was really, really important to have this partnership with Good Samaritan. So now patients that came to our clinic who had no insurance would be able to get access to medications. Good Samaritan, in in the span that we've been here, has provided already more than $1 million in critical medications. You're talking medications like insulin, inhalers for asthma that are extremely expensive, medications, for uh, anticoagulation, which is really important in the population that we serve, that is also very expensive. And so now our patients didn't have to worry about, am I going to get my prescriptions? They didn't have to make that choice of whether I'm going to eat or take my medicines. And when physicians have the opportunity to address all of the patient's needs, not just the health problem in front of them, how does that serve as an important learning tool for the residents one is is highly you know they're so happy to see that their patient is finally adhering to medications it's really easy to say oh our patient is non-compliant but have we really looked at why that patient is non-compliant there were other partnerships that we also formed so for example legal aid so we partner with legal aid minnesota and we are one of three medical legal partnerships in the state of florida because physicians, they're very good at managing the medical aspects, but we don't know how to manage the legal aspects. So let's say, for example, that your patient is on home oxygen because they have bad lung disease. Well, if their electricity is going to be cut off, it's much more powerful having an attorney help you with that than it is a physician. And so with issues that impact health, they've also been provide tremendous amount of resources to our patients. Since that first class of residents entered the program, you've now welcomed three more classes. How has that added to the learning opportunities for the residents and the opportunities for medical care in the community? And that's an excellent question. So we were, we were very careful in how we grew our program. So yes, we were accredited for 39 from the get-go, 
but we decided to recruit a class at a time. And so the first year we had 13 residents and 26, and now we are at our full complement of 39 residents. And so by just having more residents, each of them spends a third of their training at Newtown. So they are, we have then been able to increase the amount of patients that we provide services to. And the last few months, this community has faced unprecedented challenges with the COVID-19 pandemic, as have communities all across the country. But what role did the residents play in caring for COVID patients? So not only did they take care of COVID patients in the hospital, but they continued to see patients at our Newtown practice. They also were truly instrumental in looking, as you can imagine, the amount of literature, medical literature that has come out, studies that we are learning from, cases from when they, this epidemic first started, when the pandemic first started in China, for example, um, lessons learned from Italy when they had their pandemic. Our residents review all of the medical literature, and then they are part of our SMH COVID treatment task force and research task force. So we are able to, with them, to review that information, provide changes in real time so that we are constantly updating our protocols to provide the most up-to-date care as it pertains to COVID. They are actively involved in recruiting patients, for example, for our convalescent plasma and providing life-saving uh, treatment, seeing that we still um, are struggling in, in our community in obtaining um, access to plasma and other medications. The Newtown practice became even more important during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, given that COVID-19 and other diseases take a different toll on underserved communities, uh, a maybe more severe toll in, than on underserved communities. So can you talk about how residents have been addressing those challenges and how the pandemic served as a learning tool in that aspect? So our residents have been very present so not only do they physically go to the community in Newtown, even in this area where so much is done by telehealth, they're actually going every day to Newtown. But you know, many patients, they do reach by phone, but they have been present every step of the way with the patients um, in that community. Racial and economic disparities were a focus of the program well before this pandemic. How does the residents' education address those kind of issues head on? So I tell you, you can read a lot about social determinants of health, about health inequality, but it's different reading than being immersed in it. So they actually are able to see how the pharmacist that works side by side to them in Newtown creates a cost-effective regimen for a given patient, or how that attorney from legal aid goes by to help our patients. And so they actually live it and they're immersed in it. And there's no better training than that. Many of the residents in this graduating class uh, were participants in the White Clo Coats for Black Lives Matter movement and the Black Lives Matter movement. Did that end up serving as, as a learning tool or part of the curriculum? So it wasn't mandated by our program, but it was so rewarding to see how they went to they went to honor the community that they serve, but also each other. As I said, one of the strengths of our program is, is, is diversity. And so we were just, um, and it wasn't just our graduating class that were there. They were joined by their first and second year um, peers as well. 
So future residents who come into the program may not have those same learning opportunities in the sense there may not be active ongoing conversations about a pandemic or racial and economic disparities as there are now. So how do you, how do you plan on ensuring this is an ongoing focus of the program? So this generation of physicians, and I don't, I wish we could see the end of the pandemic soon, but they are faced really by so um, loss of life, impact of the pandemic, the racial issues that we are seeing as a country. And so we keep it at the forefront and really express to them that commitment. And they live it. They are rising to every challenge that they're facing as a generation of physicians. And so we can only say how proud we are of them for embracing it. As you continue to grow the internal medicine residency program at Sarasota Memorial, what do you expect you're gonna see in the future? So our goals are that our residents that train with us, some will choose to stay with us. And actually of that first class, we currently have three that are here in Sarasota. Most decided to get additional training for very much needed specialties, which we do have a shortage here. So our hopes is that they will come to their first professional home. Um, they've just graduated, but I, we're in touch almost every day still by text or phone, or they're sending us pictures. So um, I think the experience that they had here, they were so welcomed by the community, by the hospital, that I'm hopeful that many of them will choose to come back. Dr. Wilhelmino Visa Ramesh, thank you so much for your insight today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for this important episode of HealthCast. Stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit smh.com. Follow us on your favorite social media network.